Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, welcome to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast, where we laugh about everything and talk about nothing. We have a great show started for you here today, so sit back, relax, and strap it on. All right, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I am your host, Chef Matt, and I am joined here with my co-host, Sean Thornton. Sean, Sean John, uh, <laughs> I just lost it. Seanathon, LaShawn, as, as you are in my phone, oh, LaShawn. Yeah, or Seantron. Yeah, uh, Seantron. Yeah, no. I like Seantron, personally, but... I do too. I mean, it's all about Deltron. So, yeah. uh, you know, I've, uh, it's just been something I've been having fun with. Nice. It's great. I like it. I like it. Yeah. No, there was one day you came in, uh, to the office and you were like, I think people with, I don't remember what you said, but I, you were saying something about how you like names that started with La. Yeah. La. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, you know what? I do. You I are now, them. you are now LaShawn Thornton in yeah. my phone. So. When I have to ask Siri to call you, you know, white privilege stuff, um, I <laughs> say, uh, hey, Siri, call LaShawn Thornton. And it says, okay, calling LaShawn Thronton. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> so I don't talk to my phone at all. Really? Um, no, I, I do not have it in me. I don't talk to my remote. No, I don't, I don't do that. I don't talk to, I don't, I talk to people. But anything, no Siri, <laughs> no Google, no Amazon. My mom has the Amazon stuff. I, that's that's how she makes coffee in the morning. She talks to that. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Cool. <laughs> you know, I so I will do uh, dictation to text. And as you've seen many times, it's gotten me in trouble with my, my uh, spelling errors or grammatical errors because it doesn't always pick up um, my lack of pronunciation. And (laughs) so a lot of the times, um, I, when I'm, when I am talking, it's when I'm multitasking and in my Mm -hmm. brain, I'm like, you know what? I need to slow down. Like I need to slow down. I just need to write out the text. And every time when I take the second to write out the text, wham, all of a sudden things in, in my list of things I'm doing slows down, becomes more, um, comprehensible. And I, I'm not so stressed. And so I think, uh, and that's a really good uh, thing, a topic to talk about is like the idea of like, we are in a hustle, bustle, hustle and bustle type world, constantly going, especially, I don't know about you, but oh, I do know about you. You are constantly going. I am constantly going. I know our, what our jobs are. And man, like there's no time to just sit down and take a breath anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, things can get busy, busy like that. And I think it's weird, too, it's because it's kind of related to, like, cell phone use. Like, our jobs became more speedy with cell phone because our connectivity yeah. to everything is so immediate. Yep. Like, our information is comes to you quickly, and you can respond to it with the same swiftness. Um, and also, I mean, we work in a place that's all Portland, so we can really – manage the whole city which is a lot of fun um it is yeah but yeah um it's it's interesting um because 
So I, I, I was it? Yeah, it was yesterday morning. Um, I was in the, we, every quarter ish, uh, for school, we do what's called an IEP for my daughter, which is an individual, uh, education plan. And we sit down around a table with, you know, her main counselor and all of her teachers. And we go around the room and we just talk about like where she can improve, what she can do better, where she needs assistance, all this stuff. And so it's like a, just this, you know, uh, great forum to get out, um, any, you know, as parents frustrations or whatever we want to see. Well, one of the things that came up was handwriting because her handwriting is, um, pretty delayed and the entire time for the past like year that we've been at this school, they have very much, uh, pushed Maddie into dictation text, like to the point where Mm -hmm. I don't, dude, I don't see her writing at all. And so I brought up the, the, um, I brought that up as a concern this time. And I was like, listen, I love where we're going with uh, dictation text and, and, you know, being able to basically write her papers and answer questions and on her assignments through dictation text so she can turn in a physical piece of paper. I go, but at what point are we getting away from our core, which is handwriting? Because if these electronics go down, we need to know how to, I, I need to know that my daughter knows how to, you know, write a sentence legibly and understand the punctuation. They looked mm-hmm. at me like I was an alien. It was mm-hmm. really odd. It was really odd. And it was like to a point of like, not now mind you, most of the, most of the people at this table are freaking amazing people. They're, they're just, they've been there. They're supports for my daughter, but, um, they're just looking at me like, no, I'm sorry. This is the way the school system is going. Electronics, learning punctuation through dictation. So they were like, when you talk to you, Maddie at home, I want you to, you know, say, Hey Maddie, can you take out the trash period or question mark? Hey, uh, that's hmm. a, that's a nice book period. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. so we're like dictating text to the, her. So she's understanding punctuation. It's interesting. Wow. That's, um, I, I guess, so what grade is she in? Uh, she is in seventh grade, middle schooler. So obviously she was practicing handwriting in, like they were doing in class in first, second, third. Yeah. When, when did they stop? When did it lose focus? When did she, handwriting lose focus? When they started handing out iPads, which was, let's see elementary i would say she got her first ipad in fourth grade and um and that's kind of that's when it all the dictation started it wasn't full but that's when it started and it's to the point now where it's like that's all she does it's all dictation you know put it on a put it on the you know the the assignment comes in through the ipad she dictates where she needs to she presses send and it sends it to the teacher okay wow it's interesting and not much typing either. No. And that's another thing is like, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if you dealt with this when you were younger and you're in school, but like we had typing tests. Like, oh, yeah. I use a typewriter. Right. Exactly. I love a typewriter, by and like the way. They, we went to like the like uh, electrical, like I wasn't in the, I think we're about the same age, but yeah, it was the ones that were plugged in. It still was a dot matrix thing turn, but there was... It, it was uh, not the kind that was you turn you bring it back yourself. Right. Every no, time it the wasn't. Those. Was over. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Totally. That's yeah. interesting because uh, 
Yeah, no, we, I remember we had the, we had two computers in our high school, in our high, in our computer lab that were the first, uh, apples. Uh, we had two PCs and then the rest were those electric typewriters and yeah, we had tests we had to pass in order to yeah. you know, pass the class and, and, in typing. And I just find that to be, and also we had tests in cursive when I was in grade school. They don't teach that anymore. Yeah. Cursive was really big. Right. It was really big. It was one, it was one of the main core subjects. Well, Hazel's in third grade and we just, you know, they do writing all the time. Like it's all about writing skills right now. Um, Yeah. But it's like, that's what I'm saying. I think maybe at some point when the, you learn the basics, your studies advance. Now we're in the computer world. So it's that grade is also like probably more, Relying on computers than a third grader. I agree, and I think it it goes along with what we were just talking about of like the fast pace. Like it's not just us; it's not just our industry; it's the entire world. Yeah, you know, and even in the school districts, like they are, teachers are pushing the kids through like multiple different programs, and it's interesting to to watch it from from a parent's view. Like I didn't ever thought that I would be that concerned about like the schools and and all that stuff, but like I find myself, you know, getting intertwined with like, okay, you know, this is uh, this is all new to me. And how am I supposed to help you with this? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like almost like I have to learn myself too. Right. I also think I, th- I th- like there's almost something uh, like everything's so fast, right? Like even the the way information comes in, yeah. like yeah. the the cycle of new things you might learn or, or this, and then that changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about our, as, as evolution is considered, I feel like what's happened the last 10 years is much faster than most things. <laughs> you know, oh like, yeah. And are, do we have the capacity to handle this? Yes. How do we take a step back if you want to, but some people bought into it and they thrive on it. Well, I think there's still people like you and I out there, and I, I can I think I can group myself into this, is that we do enjoy the things that we had growing up and we still intertwine that in our life. Yeah. I.e., you know, yeah. vinyl records. Yeah, yeah. Definitely that or even the things that you like, the shows, you gotta like gravitate towards themes. Right. Um I don't know about clothes, but sometimes <laughs> some people. <laughs> I'll leave. I'll leave that style back then. Oh, bad dude. I was okay. First, first of all, eighth grade was like my entire wardrobe were button-up silk shirts. I don't know what it is, what it was about those, but I thought they were so p i m p that it wasn't even like a question. I'm wearing a silk shirt. Wow. It was bad news bears, dude. I had. So, like, living in Thailand, um, silk was plentiful. Yes. Uh, I think it's Jim Thompson's silks, which don't even, like, I bet if you, like, research that in the silk farming, I bet it's not good. But um, it was big. Wear a silk shirt. That's all I did. It was cheap. And it was so It was cheap. Easy. easy. Hell yeah. You could sweat. But then you look at yourself in pictures, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Why is it so baggy? <laughs> and so many weird patterns on it. Like it's silk. Oh, I know. Come on. 
and then I gravitated. You know, the patterns. Yeah, the patterns were just out of control. You're like, where is this coming from? It's like they're taking the patterns from the backgrounds of our school pictures. <laughs> you know, where they're like shooting lasers yeah. through it. I'm like, what, is, what are you trying yeah. to send here? I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, what's the score? I wonder about the smell of them. I don't like, I don't really oh. remember my, uh, my teenage smell, but they're, you can't wash them. <laughs> You cannot wash them. And the smell, it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded because my daughter is about to be 13. She is in depth in the puberty right now. I am definitely <laughs> reminded. I didn't notice it back then when I was a teenager, but I'm like, oh my Lord, the stench is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shoes smell like God awful. Oh, dude. It's like you walk in her room and you're like, oh, bro, what are you doing in here? (laughs) You just like using the facilities in your room or like, (laughs) I know you showered Uh, once a day, but damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, my brother was a swimmer. Oh, okay. He had a a bleach smell. (laughs) I would imagine so. (laughs) Unheralded. I would imagine that any type of pheromone or or whatever seeps out through our skins in that moment of life was just washed away <laughs> completely. Yeah. It was like in the everybody and all his friends like I mean, well, I mean the the hair would get kind of his hair was like mildly destroyed from, from oh, the bleach wow. water too. I've wondered about that. Yeah, thin and Yeah. I mean they all kind of had that going on a little bit. I mean, um, but then obviously, if you didn't wear caps, but my brother, like it's older, like caps were much less used when my brother did it. Really? Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I hated putting those things on. Um, I've met your brother, and he had a full head of hair. I thought. I'm trying yeah, to remember. He, he did that. He always wore a ball cap, but maybe that's yeah, he what had was. full head of hair. Okay, he hides it. He would hide it, but yeah. it's like it's like Taylor's hair. It, like he yeah. would have it long and flopped out. Uh, but when he okay. was a swimmer, it was thinner. And interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 No, I mean, my wife does the thing that my mom used to do, which is like, every time you go swimming, you got to take a shower afterwards. And like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to take a shower. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't want to do that. <laughs> I know. That's a big thing. Too. Yeah. Like, take a shower. <laughs> uh, got to wash How about that after uh, ocean swimming. After ocean swimming? I, don't, I still don't. I, you know, I, <laughs> I have this weird uh, thing in my mind that if I'm in the water, I'm automatically cleaning myself. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What about you know, the water? It's so sticky in the first, the first like 10 minutes of it. Yeah. Drying off. It's so sticky. You just want to, but then once it's gone, it's gone. And it's well, yeah. And I think that like, most and then you can like take a little lick of your skin when you're a little hungry later. <laughs> oh, this needs some salt here. Let me rub it on my skin, yeah. on my arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a good segue into something I, I, we were talking about at the beginning, which is, or, uh, before we hit record was, was, uh, I guess I don't even know if I want to call it a hot take. Uh, I'm just going to call it a rant and I'm, I'm, mildly frustrated with uh, the person that refers to themselves as a foodie or the foodie <laughs> culture or the, that is yeah. snob knob and, you know, food because of um, their ultra, you know, sensitive opinion about it. 
And when I, whenever I'm talking to somebody and they're like, oh, you, you know, you're, you're a chef and you make food and blah, you know, all this stuff. They're like, I bet you, you're just like the biggest foodie. And I'm like, I look at them and I go, no, (laughs) I'm not a foodie. I love food and I love everything about it. But to me, a foodie is like somebody who's trying to uh, self-proclaim themselves into a group of people. Like I understand there's a definition of it, but I just, uh, it brings such an elitist attitude to food. And that's the thing that I have a real hard time with. Yeah. So, okay. A couple questions. Like, what are you, as far as your exposure to it, like right now in 2022, like, do you feel like, is it something that you're running to people out talking about? Or they just think that about you? Uh, no, I think it's people that are like, Hey, I'm a foodie. I go out, I'm, I'm like the biggest foodie. I run into it, yeah. people saying that they are. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I always question like, well, why, why do you say that? Oh, well, I eat, I eat out a lot and I, you know, I just have it's a, it's really, always about eating out. I know. And that's where I'm kind of like, okay, let's draw the line on what a foodie is because it's not somebody who eats out a lot. <laughs> and, you know, so like Instagram is filled with this and I, I really like Tim and Eric and Eric Wareheim yes. is a huge food guy. Mm-hmm. Like he has a recipe book. He travels the world. It's pictures of food. Um, I think that's, I don't think he says the word foodie. You might, I don't know, but that's kind of what a foodie is to me. It's just like, it engulfs more than just you're going out. You're like, it's your persona online. It's, well, it's what you share with people. And I don't know. I think it's about boasting how much money you're willing to spend dining out. I don't know, but I want to eat that, what they're having, yes, you know, like, yes. I love the food porn. Oh. I love food porn. Like I, I th- yeah. I'll sit there and I will watch these. I mean, even for making a, you send these things about this, this woman that makes these casseroles that I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden I became a casserole lover. <laughs> like, I'm looking up casseroles and Instagram thinks I love that, casseroles. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, that. Those feet, those feeds are the opposite of the foodie direction. <laughs> yes, I do agree. But I her think- game is like, what package can you open up? to make something baked. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now, you know, when it comes to foodie, I kind of did a little bit of research. I, you know, um, and I found that the, you know, people who like define themselves as a foodie is somebody basically who equates food with art. Now I can get down with that because I do think there's an artistic value that goes with, um, with food. Because you can, mm-hmm. you can create beautiful things. Um, and it, then it goes on to say, you know, others view them as people who like to, who enjoy cooking and eating and reading and talking about food. Again, I'm all on board with that. Then it goes into saying, you know, the modern day foodie are hobbyists. Um, and they are more, they're, they're more interested in like the sourcing, the preparation, the presentation, how it's consumed. Uh, the discussion of food and it's, you know, I say all this stuff and it's all the stuff that I talk about all the time. I'm not, I don't consider myself a foodie. I just consider myself um, somebody who has a sector in life that is like, you know, who has dove into the idea of food and is it still exploring and learning and all that stuff. But these are all the things that I do. And I'm like, I'm not a foodie. I don't know. Well, I guess it's like also do 
in general, labeling yourself is not. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you don't normally do that anyways. And I don't either personally, like, I don't want to be like that person who caught like, if, like the beer thing, a beer connoisseur, like, yeah, it always is a weird thing for me. Like if someone wants to know, like, why do you like this? You're like, well, you know, I, um, I like beer. Well, I like beer too. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, connoisseur. Maybe that's what it is. Food connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I don't. What I think the thing that I don't like about it is it is, um, it I, I don't like it when people define you as just that. And I think yeah. we've grown up in a culture, you and I, and I can I can pretty honestly say this about. I think I can group you into this, which is we grew up in a culture where it is, it, you know, it is valued to do be able to have a skill at more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like you, yeah. dude, I can yeah. look at you and you can go, you can jump in the kitchen, you know, you can, within your industry, you can jump in the kitchen, you can do customer service, you can run a restaurant, you can, you know, you mm-hmm. can do multiple things. You can run data reports. You're, you're skilled in mm-hmm. multiple areas. Now, if you were just skilled in food, you know, would you be as successful as you are? Probably not. I don't think. And so like defining yeah. somebody by just being somebody who likes food or somebody who likes beer, mm-hmm. like, would you be a good bartender if you were a beer connoisseur? I don't know. Not necessarily. No. I mean, I, uh, Belmont station uh, out Maryland, I don't want to really say too much. I love that place, but I mean, I know they're hiring people who like beer, but like, like God, it's customer service. They don't know what they're doing. They're avoiding you. Like it's not, it's not working. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I think that that lands in the realm because a sp- especially here in Portland. Um, when I first moved up here, there was, a, it was about, it was 2002. And there, the big guy kind of talking point about Portland's food culture was the movement of McMinimins and service without a smile of being, just, oh, being yeah. able to be okay with your server being rude and maybe not giving you the attention you want and that was a big thing when I moved up here. And uh, I just think it's, it's gotten a little out of control. But also I think a foodie has adapted that a little bit of like, you know, I, I don't need the attention. I'm here to, to enjoy the food. And I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm probably going down a rabbit hole I shouldn't. i got to be honest. Yeah. Well, the, the service of Portland was definitely – something that stood out they they it did not it did not have what uh midwest ohio has midwestern u.s area okay um and it wasn't like i came out here and i noticed it right away i was like okay i heard about this it's legit and for me personally like i'm chilling like you get what you want you don't need to have much of a talk but Ohio or Midwest, other place I've been, like you're getting, you want to be uh, talked to, you want to have your name out there. It's pretty weird the differences. Um, and have you you've been to East Coast, right? I, yeah, yeah. So I noticed some stuff like really noticeably different in New England and New York, especially New York was like quick, efficient service. Yeah, that wasn't. Like it, it was not like they weren't mean. They didn't necessarily have like a ignore you smug look like Portland could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't have the like we're going to talk to you 
common courtesy that you would see from the Midwest. It was just like, Hey, let's get this done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Nice kind words, but everything was just like, move, get it done. Yeah. And I really like that. I like, I, I like it too. It, it's there's, um, there's almost a sense of, you know, uh, rugged culture, but like, you know, cause they're grinding. Like you go into a pizza shop in new England and you're not going to get the guy talking to you a ton. You're not going to sit there and have a conversation, but he's going to make you a good pizza. He's going to thank you for coming in and he's going to, you know, take your money and, and maybe answer a question or two. And, but it's like, move, get good food, move on. You know, don't, don't sit there and linger and try to ask me, you know, where did you source your pepperoni? Because they don't, they're not going to answer that question, which I think I like. I also like watching servers work at a, at a restaurant where, yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh like a restaurant where they're skilled, you know, mm-hmm. this is a profession. I like, and they're, I like watching them like move around and make their decisions and come back. And those are the, like the real servers where you can tell, like they're like flowing. They know the walk pattern. They're not giving you too much. They know when to give it to you. Right. They know when to know when you want to get some more. They're like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to run a restaurant in, Kind of the suburby part of Portland. Uh, it was a it was a scratch kitchen, only dinner house. It was a flagship of the four restaurants they had, and every server there was uh, what I would classify as a, a professional server. And yes. the the motion in which their movements, just like you were just saying, in the motion of which their movements and how they interacted with their guest was something of of art. It was. They, you know, they knew their guests' names. They, it was all reservation-based. So it's like they're presetting their tables with their guests, you know, the bottle yeah. of wine that they know they're going to have. Um, they are giving them, these people the service that they, these people expect. So if they, they don't want to, if they're not talkers, they're not talkers, and they're going to know that. They're going to make sure that their, their food is proper. They're going to not, they're not going to sit down at the table with them unless that's the type of people they are, Right. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it was something of art and I used to work with, and one of the guys names, um, and I still stay in contact with him because he's just, he's a savant in every aspect of life. He's just a cool guy. His name was John King. And th- I've learned more from this man on how to, um, have professional customer service. And what I mean that is how to, Give somebody what they are looking for and the experience they're looking for, but having a boundary of which that person is taking care or taking advantage of the, of the system. So it's not like, Hey, you know, we've been coming in here for you know, 25 years. Why don't you hook us up? No, he was very, yeah. very professional. Of like, you know, this bottle of wine, it's $68. It's fantastic. I, I recommend you try it. You know, I know you guys, you know, sells it perfectly. And they're not like looking for a freebie from him because they know there's a, there's that, that relationship of professionalism there, but they've also known this person for 20 years. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but you just don't get that anymore. (laughs) I gotta say, I don't know. I don't don't go out enough to experience it. I'm going to go out on December 1st for seeing John Waters. We're going to go somewhere nice to eat. So I'm looking forward to yeah. watching it just where to go yet. I don't know. Well, you know, when, <clears throat> let's see when restaurants started opening back up, I think I really noticed it 
then of like what I was missing in an experience of sitting down at a restaurant. Now, if I'm going to, you know, a place for lunch or if I'm going somewhere for like, uh, you know, a quick bite before something or whatever, I'm not looking for necessarily an experience, but if I'm going to go, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars, sit, have a great time with my wife or something like I, you know, I, I, I really, I have expectations. I mean, what's your thought on that? I don't, I mean, I guess I personally have removed expectations, but I will critique. Okay. And my experience. Okay. Uh, just depend. I mean, the last time I went out to eat with Steffi was a few months ago. We went to Canard. Oh. And I nice. wasn't even sure what to expect. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. We were just like, let's go out to eat. And I was pleasantly surprised with just having a server again. I was like, oh. Exactly. This is fun. Mm-hmm. And then I just like watched, watched, people watched, ate great food. So I think that's. I think that's really my only expectation. <laughs> <laughs> no, people. How is it people watching? People watching is good, and I can I can honestly say that I'm not the type that wants my server to sit there and talk to us. I don't want that at all. No, I want our server yeah. to be knowledgeable. I want our server to be able to read the table. Uh, you yeah. know, if I'm if I'm sitting there fighting with my wife, which I hope never happens, but if I am, if we're like in a heated conversation, I don't want that server to come up and be like, "Hey, let me tell you about the specials." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, read the table, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. understand you know the things that we're ordering, understand what's on their menu. Don't have don't be like, "Oh, I don't know what kind of beers here. Let me go ask the bartender." You know? Yeah. I kind yeah. of expect. Uh, our, our server to serve us and because that's that's their yeah. profession and that's yeah you get know, you to order a tawny port at the end even though you yeah, exactly drink. sell me on something. A tawny port oh. <laughs> oh of course i do oh yeah i got that <laughs> that really rich cheesecake yeah i need a port with that yeah <laughs> um, it's, it's just like yeah be a good salesman make me buy shit that i it don't need a, it is a good salesman to it it's timing yeah I was disappointed with our service there because I ordered enough food, but I had like this little piece of me that would have got more if they, if they came around in like this five minute span. Interesting. Uh, And they did it. They, they did it. They, yeah, I think, oh, well, I probably shouldn't have ate. I ended up being very full, so. Maybe they knew it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, we recommend you don't eat. One. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was their subtle way of doing it. But no, I, you know, I think that service has really changed um, in in our culture, and and uh, there there's, I don't think it's fully evolved again quite yet. I think that we're still evolving into um, what this industry is is pushing towards, um, and what that is, I'm I'm kind of unsure about it. You know. Um, Shoot. Well, I like that the food can be – we talked about this last week, mm-hmm. like food card food, how great it can be. Right. And there's no frills here. You're just learning there. That's what I like about Portland because you can get really good, great experience in just food, and it, it can be from a very simple place. Um, yeah. And I like that. I mean, Guero. Have you had that? I haven't. No. It's delicious. And, it, and there's not much going on. Like you there to sit outside, you basically you go you're kind of like you just grab a menu, sit outside, go up and order from a hostess. Like there's and it just casually comes out. 
You know, it's, I like that. That's it. That's cool. And the food's delicious, you yeah. know? And I, what I like about it is like, you can have a lot of conversation with the people that you're with. There's never, you know, there's nothing impeding you from that. No, no break. Um, uh, I don't know But counter service is what Portland has become in, in many ways. Yeah. I, 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 um, I like the counter service, honestly. Uh, like there's that place, uh, Grasa, they are, yeah. it's interesting because when I tell people like, Hey, it's, oh, this amazing little, you know, fresh pasta, Italian style, um, place. They're like, Oh, that's awesome. And then I'm like, it's counter service. And they're like, uh, and I think that that, that needs to go away because the counter service, I think you can get the experience and the idea of like plates coming out all separately. I like that personally. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's what Canard was, and I enjoy. I talked shit about small plates last week. But I'm going to talk about the reason why I like it. Is I do like how it comes out. One, like yeah. if you're just with one other person, mm-hmm. it's you and your significant other, you and your best friend, something you and your kid. Yeah, and it's like it's okay. You're sharing everything. Like I get that. Yeah. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> it has been removed. No, it, you know what it is? Is it's like every time a plate comes out, you're like, ooh, cool. Like something yeah, new. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. opening a new present. It's, it's just yeah. the little kid comes it out. Was it was $18. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're $18, $18 three bites present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh yeah, no. I I mean the experience like I said, I look forward to the future um of what our our industry evolves into because I think it is evolving. Um and I just I look forward to it because I want to get back to a place on where we can um enjoy the food and the service together. Um because I think there was a time then that was uh very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that. So the experience is nice. It really is. Uh, I got a question mm-hmm. for you though. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who won? Who won the game? Oh, the Cavs won. They yeah, did. baby. Oh, there, there it is. For those of you who yeah. don't know, I think you all know now that Sean is a uh, Cleveland sports fan. Uh, true and through, through and true, whatever you want to say. True and through. <laughs> it's in my blood. It's in his blood. And, uh, <laughs> When we jumped on uh, the phone, he was like, I'm watching the Cavs game. And I was like, cool, man. Let's do it. So um, that's awesome. They well, uh, Hazel slipped me a uh, piece of paper and red <laughs> crayon Cavs one underneath the door. Nice. <laughs> Dude, that right there. That, isn't that a moment with your kids where you're like, I got a cool kid. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm super into that. Like, that's uh, – <laughs> that was – legit it was, it's uh so i have a kids is awesome <laughs> i mean uh, so. i also lost in go fish to Luden oh like an hour ago somehow oh, dude. i didn't even like it wasn't even like i gave up like i'm like this game's stupid <laughs> oh yeah that that game uh but when you lose, it makes it even more stupid. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, this, no, no. I was really like good about. Though I taught him uh, about sportsmanship, so I was like, oh, good game, <laughs> good teaching moment. <laughs> yeah, good game. Yeah, no. I mean, we'll play Uno a lot, and Jackson. In fact, right before I came out uh, to you know start strike up all this stuff, 
uh, Jackson was like walking through the living room. He's like, I just took mom to the trash in, in, in Uno. And I'm like, who are you, dude? Like you're over here talking trash to your mom about Uno. <laughs> like, come on. So I good. love Uno. I know. Right. We have games. Skippo. Oh, Uno. Skippo's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you just got some new, um, music. If I oh, remember yeah, correctly. Sure, I, I so, went to the record store. Yeah. Yes. So I don't, okay. Here is something that I romanticize way too much. And I think it's because I don't do it as often as I'd like to. And it's one of those things that I think um, more people should do is buying, um, buying records. It, it's something that is like so meditative for me of like, and I know that you, I know you went with your kids. And I know you totally yeah. had a thing about that. <laughs> um, and you like, you know, you made a game for them and it was great. But like, describe to me your ultimate uh, moment of buying records. If you could, if you could build the perfect experience, like what would it be? I mean, the perfect experience is a few hours just looking at everything and walking out with dusty fingers, I guess. And just finding odd things, picking stuff up because you like the cover. But the more that you buy stuff, the more you learn about it, the more you see other name, people's names on it that might have been working with other things. It's like anything else, like in a way, it's like the more you do it, you start recognizing some things, some, some stuff that you want. Um, and then you find, I guess ideally, there's just one thing in there that you've always wanted and somehow it's sitting there. That, that's legit. Yeah. That's only happened a few times for me. And when it does happen, you're kind of like, how did this happen? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Locking that one in the memory banks. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's. I really liked it this time because Hazel got to experience it in this, like, we actually purchased it. She was there, looked at the cover. I got something she wanted. She came home, opened it up. We talked about care. She plays it. She plays it all the time. She listens to Spotify more than anything, but still, like, the fact that now that it's sort of recognizable, I, I like that. I think it makes sense. You know, like, kids like holding stuff, too. You know, they got yeah. all kinds of toys and things that they keep with them. It's the same idea. It's just stuff that you hold, stuff that you look at. So something I've been doing, uh, this is a very new thing to me <clears throat> because when I go record shopping, I like to buy things that are new to me and I like to mm -hmm. have that experience. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I first started buying records at a little shop down in Eugene, they actually had um, a couple turntables sitting there with headphones that you could sample the music. And um, I haven't found a place and maybe I'm just not looking right spot the right spot in the place, but I haven't actually mm -hmm. seen that up here. Um, and so what I'll do is I'll put an earbud in and if I like, if I'm going through like maybe the jazz section and I don't recognize a name, I'll play a little sample of it on, in my ear through my phone and then I'll be like, Oh, okay. I think I can get with that. Um, what do you think of that? Like, do you think that ruins the experience? No, not really. I, you know what? I know what you're talking about. Cause I had that in Dayton, Ohio. I think there must be something. I don't know. I think it's Not genius. Really. I mean, like, why don't more, yeah. more places have that? And so you, like the one in Dayton, you put headphones on, right? And this is the yeah. same situation. Same situation. Yeah. Had like, it was like in the middle of the, this giant room around yeah. a post 
There were four stations. Yeah. You could just walk up, put your record on there, you know, throw the headphones on and, and play and play it basically. Yeah. Do you think that means it gets away from impulse buying? Yeah. Though? Like you might actually be more strategic and like, like in the end, like you kind of want to walk out with, they want you to just get it and find out later, especially on a used one with no return policy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Capitalism. But um, no, what, you know, to me, it's like, okay, there, it's a two part because you kind of miss out on the, um, the experience of element of surprise of like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Like I didn't, yeah. I know nothing about this, but I like what I'm hearing. Um, but then you, it's, it's, you get down to the, the brass tacks and it's like, it's about spending your money on things you want. Like, cause what if you get yeah. home and you're like, this thing sucks. What do you just have a suck well, pile that you throw your records in? Cause you can't return them. Like you just said, I got a suck pile. <laughs> <laughs> I have a suck pile. I was pile just as still well. in my oddball shit. Like, like well, this, this is a tough lesson. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Not suitable for anyone. <laughs> well, dude, you, okay, I keep I keep referring back to these crates that you gave me. Um, but one of the first things I found out of there that I still to this day think is a gem is, is the Star Wars theme all done in accordion music. Or is it accordion? No. Is it accordion? No. Is it accordion? Or, I don't remember. No, it's it's the uh, it's what your dad played. Um, why am I blanking the name of this instrument? Organ, organ, all in the organ. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Oh, oh, dude, I put that thing on, and my mind was blown to the point where my family was looking at me like, "Dude, shut up! <laughs> like, what are you guys? What are you so excited about?" <laughs> it was so cool. It was like the and yeah. the the picture was like in a pizza shop, and I'm like, "This is perfect." Yeah. I was like, I, yeah. I wonder if you meant to get rid of this. <laughs> Probably you did. Knowing you, I know you did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I've got a bunch of odd ducks like that still. Like that was good. I needed to get rid of stuff. Yeah, there was too many. Yeah, and it doesn't get listened to. I don't have room for it anywhere. You know, so it's fine. It lives on. That's the great thing about it. Exactly. Vinyl will always. Live. I mean, it can melt, but it's analog it's etched in there that sound is in there forever as long as it doesn't yeah yeah even like i've got a de la soul that's de la soul's dead which i really great record absolutely um it's got a couple songs with some skips and that it's not too bad but it's noticeable but i'm like it's the end like i i'm totally okay with it it happens it moves on yeah Yeah. it's part of the experience you know there was one thing i used to do back in the day which was uh, I would actually buy a crate on like dudes on Craigslist would just be selling, you know, re- old records. And I'd just be like, you mm-hmm. know, 10 bucks for the crate. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll buy one. And you just get a bunch of weird shit. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. But it's like, it was like the, the idea of baseball card trading, right? Yeah, yeah. basically. And yeah. that was a big thing. Like I was just reading an article from, um, this rapper's name is buck six, five. He's a Canadian rapper that I listened to a lot back in, late nineties, early two thousands, but he was ex- talking about his experience of going to New York and getting ultra magnetic, um, um, why am I losing a blank? But he couldn't find it. Right. And, okay. um, and he had to trade with somebody at the store to somebody who was in Philadelphia who then mailed it to him. It was like <laughs> a hilarious thing of like, 
That's crazy. How are you going to get this? How am I going to get ultramagnetic MCs? Yeah. All right. I'm going to trade this that I have to someone in New York who's going to ship it to Philadelphia, and then they're going to send me, like, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. No, that's, that's uh, I, I kind of like that story. Um, so we're coming up on, on time. Is there uh, any, any hot takes you want to throw out? Um, <laughs> no. I know that's a loaded question. Would you have for dinner? Oh yeah, we didn't talk about dinner. I had uh, okay, real quick. I had, Jesus, that was awesome. By the way, <laughs> that was almost like what I don't know what the name of it, but Scream Rock, whatever that is. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had uh, a <clears throat> large thing of African peanut soup. And a no, rosemary and sea, a rosemary and sea salt baguette, and it was great. Like my wife's not feeling well, so I stopped at the store and got some uh, all kinds of different soups, and I brought them home. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, we're doing soup and bread tonight, and that's one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah, I mean we we've done that a few times this week. I love soup and bread. Uh, I made tomato soup. Um, oh, nice. And I made it with. Uh, Alto Cucino tomatoes that Love it. were from Lorehurst. Nice. Uh, and so I had a one big can of that, so I froze the rest when I used that. Oh, it's delicious. But that's not what I had for dinner tonight. I had Japanese curry. Um, By any chance, and, did you have uh, dino nuggets in there? Uh, that was for the kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, cool. So we had something for the kids. We yeah, had your curry. Yeah. And then we had something mm-hmm. for mom and, and dad in there as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some squash. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so the curry, though, is like, I showed you that picture. Those are little, like, Japanese curry tablets. That's like a, a curry flavor that's really popular in, like, England. Okay. You know? Um, and it is Japanese and all that, but this is more of a definitely Western dish uh, popular in England. And it's potatoes, carrots, chicken. Um, onions with this chicken broth curry mix, which is just fucking delicious. That's a lot great. of butter and raisins, oh. which is a hilarious ingredient that they would use in England. But I love it, and it is rich. Uh, it's it tastes great. I think a lot I'm, of English still, food. I still can taste the curry. Ah, oh, uh, see, I love that. It's been about an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean. Like there, that's I, I always get this really subpar made like curry, uh, like it was like a pumpkin curry soup, and I, I, there's just something about it, man. That it's that curry flavor that will always, mm-hmm. always grasp me. Um, in fact, was it two weekends ago? Uh, I made green curry, and I made oh, it from scratch. I love green curry, and it was just really, yeah, it was fantastic. It was one of cheese and mortar and pestle. No, I used a blender. I'm going to, I have a mortal pestle, but it's just not big enough. And so I used a blender and I blended up everything and just cooked it, cooked it with the liquid, with a coconut milk. And, um, you know, it's my primary ingredients, you know, are like cilantro, pretty much everything green, cilantro, green pepper, uh, jalapeno, uh, kefir leaf. Um, what else did I put Mm. in there? I did some parsley, uh, I'm missing an ingredient. There's something else I used, but um, it's just basically everything green. And then I take that. Yeah. I got. I have a little bit of uh, a, a curry seasoning that I'll throw in there, and then a bunch of uh, coconut milk, some brown sugar, and some soy sauce, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal. 
Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Anyways. I love making curry. So do I. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I hope um, you have a fantastic night. The Cavs won, so you have no reason not to. And based off of your yeah. picture, I think you're going to have a good night. So yeah. I'm going to uh, leave you at that and say I will uh, bid you a good well. <laughs> I don't even know if that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm delirious. I'm delirious. Anyways, all right, man. Uh, have a good night. Did you a good Hey, yo, I'm gonna be a tit out. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Cause the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down. Haters wanna take me down, break me down, clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass. She just poked it out on the D lo. I'm saying you versus me, yo. We can do this shit right here In front of your people See time is money, kid And BS walks And to me, it's funny, kid When you meet heads talk I see Fett and Star They wanna dig up the dirt, son Is it me, they hawk? Cause I be putting it worse, son be on tit-up That's all my eyes can see Victory is mine Yeah, surprisingly I've been lame Waiting for your next mistake I put in work And watch my status escalate The cornballs get stonewalled Blackballed, I own all The veteran Running my plan I'm the better man Crazy raw Doing my job like the mob, blazing y'all and disappearing in the fog or a mist. And chicks can't resist what I kick. They be begging for attention on some more of the deals, Nick. Word up, baby. Someone may have to get hurt up, baby. Shit is mad shady, but I got to get the gravy. Platinum respect, like the force of attack. Keep you hitting the deck, feeling heat in your chest. Banging your thoughts with the hot onslaught. I kick a shot on the spot for going where he should not. Bitches.